Welcome to season two of Vitamins for Breakfast, your one-stop shop for all the vitamins you will ever need to help amplify your life. Last season, we featured amazing guests who boldly shared their life experience to you, the listener, in hopes to make you feel more connected through conversation. Fear not, this season we are coming at you again. More amazing people are here to share their life experiences, all the things that they have gone through, and everything that's made them a better person in efforts to help you feel less alone in the everyday chaos. I have made it my mission to provide content that allows people to feel like they're not alone because trust me, you're not. We're all going through the motions all trying to figure it out. So stay tuned for this episode. We're going to get a lot of vitamins for breakfast. Today, I have such a genuine selfless woman. When I met her, I knew immediately I wanted us to be friends. And it's been 12 years since then, and the friendship still continues. She's actively trying to reinvent herself and create avenues for people who are less fortunate. Art is her passion, and she's never been one to hide it, no matter what others might think of her craft. She's currently paying her love forward by educating children in the arts, and her big heart shines through everything she does. Denise, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Wow, that was so amazing. <laughs> thank you. You're Do you smell like welcome. my eulogy? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, bitch. We got used to it. I gotta write something else. Um, How are I'm, you, man? I'm doing good. You look beautiful as always. Thank you. Denise has always had really nice baby hairs, you guys. Like, I've always envied her baby hair since we were, I said, we've been friends for 12 years. And Denise would always pull up to school with that baby hair, like, slicked mm-hmm. down always. Her baby hair's on fire right now. But, um, yeah, I like I mentioned in the intro, Denise is, like, involved in the arts. She's always been an artistic person since I've known her. We met in middle school. She's always been involved in the arts. That's always been something. She'd be the kid in, in the class who was doodling when we had to do a math problem. Mm-hmm. Like, she's always been an artistic person. Um, what exactly do you do in the arts? Um, so, right now, I'm an assistant director for an after-school program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I started off as an art instructor in which I later got promoted on. I got promoted to assistant director. Mm-hmm. Um, and the position that I'm currently doing now does allow me to still use my creative abilities mm-hmm. with the kids. So I help create um, lesson plans with my instructors or my employees, mm-hmm. um, come up with activities. I help plan events. Um, our last event that we did was uh, with mothers and, uh, and their kids um, planning pots. In which they later, like, painted the pots and decorated them. So, I try to involve art in every activity or any event that we do with our program. Yeah. So, so yeah, but um, my avenue now, I'm mainly just focused on kind of just, like, trying to inspire children artistically and, and just, like, overall just inspire them and guide them to the right direction. Right. Um, but... I, it's been a while since I da- sat down and actually painted and all that kind of stuff, which oh. I'm a little disappointed on. But <laughs> hopefully, when I have find a space, yes. space is a major issue, and that's why I haven't focused. A I realize lot it's on a it. big that's a big thing for a lot of people creatives. Mm-hmm. It's like if you don't have the space, and a lot of people end up renting space because mm-hmm. they really want to create, but it's like costly at the same mm-hmm. time. So it really sucks. It's like 
being a creative person is an investment. Like you have to literally invest in yourself and in your art because it's not like a nine to five. It's like literally like something that comes out of you, right? Which is really difficult, like for us as creatives. But I want to know, like, as a child, what sparked your interest in arts? Like, what was the first thing you dabbled in that you were like, I love this. I love art. Like, what what started that for you? Um, well, it, st- well, it started when I was really young. Um, I had a cousin. Her name was Jaylene, and she was also artistically inclined. She was actually really good. Yeah. And I was, like, six. She was roughly, like, eight years old. Mm-hmm. And we learned how to draw. Like, she taught me how to draw girls. Yeah. Like, you remember when you used to draw girls with a U-shaped head? Yes. And then the part, the side, <laughs> with the one eye? Like, <laughs> I bang. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. I perfected that, like, cartoon drawing. Yeah. But when it really, really sparked, me that like the arts is what I really love I was living in DR my parents had moved to DR after I finished kindergarten so mm-hmm. um, and over there I there was a neighbor of mine and she used to draw and she always had she was like a college student and she always had like these projects and she would draw all these things and I used to be so amazed and I always used to ask her how can you do that I, how yeah. can you like trace and look at this and draw it and she would like tell me and stuff and then she just told me to just grab paper look at something and start drawing it uh. the best as you can so I did that and I did it with my mom's garden because my mom always has had like flowers and stuff like that yeah, yeah. so the first flower that I like learned how to draw really well was a flower called Dahlia. Um, it just has a whole bunch of like petals, like a whole bunch of little petals. Yeah. And um, I learned how to draw that. And then from there, it just sparked like this crazy like creativity. I started drawing houses, like Dominican style homes, like yeah, with yeah, the wood. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and it just sparked from there. And I just wow. started asking my parents for like the hundred uh, colored crayon box yeah, and with the with the sharpener on the back and, and like paint supplies and yeah. the paint supplies didn't go that well with my mom she threw them out when I was went to school because I used to make a mess uh-huh. but it just started from there and then I was always been like I always liked chorus acting so I was always involved in that in my elementary school years yeah yeah and so it's just all around you were just always involved. yeah but then once I went to junior high then that's when it was like I was like okay this is what I want to do this is a I'm an artist this is yeah. what makes me happy okay so speaking of that um so you you kind of merged over to like growing up involved in the arts and realizing Mm -hmm. this is your passion and what you want to do it felt good it It, felt good it mm -hmm. felt rewarding it felt like you were fulfilling your soul and it wasn't i was still a child so i really didn't know okay this is like a thing exactly for me it was just like this just feels good exactly when you grew older you were like all right this is a passion yeah i'm an artist and i want to pursue this this is actually like there's a category there's something exactly a name for this feeling exactly you like diagnosed yourself with Mm -hmm. what it was um so when you then made that transition into when you're you're in that that like um, path where it's like you either go to college or you do you know you follow your passion mm-hmm. that that what everyone deals with you know what did you choose in that time because I know what you chose you know mm-hmm. but for the listener like how was that experience for you because Denise went to college decided she didn't want to finish. Mm-hmm. And she decided to pursue the arts, like, professionally and try to make a lifestyle through that. How how was that feeling for you? Because you had to battle between, like, the status quo and what you're expected to do mm-hmm. and your passion. Like, wh- what, you know, what got, what what made the, solidify that decision for you? Well, to start off in high school, I was all painting here and there. My art teachers were really, really supportive. Yeah, I, I went that. to a really uh, shitty high school, excuse yeah. my language. Uh-huh. But honestly, it 
you know, if you surround yourself with the right people, you know, you can actually become something. So I felt like I was in the right path. Mm-hmm. I was so inspired. Like every young artist, you just think like, hey, okay, so I'm firmly, I'm going to go to college, become some kind of designer or like, you know, I was into like the packaging design. I was into like, you know, that Victoria's Secret thing yeah. and making things girly and cute yeah. or like even um, interior design, like designing yeah. bedrooms and all like things like that like that i thought that that was like the path like that i could possibly make money yeah um and you know in high school unfortunately they don't really tell you the truth about college exactly i stepped in i went for a um a live not liberal arts um uh i can't think uh it was like uh an art art uh damn it it's cool it's cool uh what was it damn it was so long ago um, it was like all the arts. It was um. I never heard of this major. All yeah, the arts in it's one? all the arts in one. Um, you sure it's not liberal arts? No, not liberal <laughs> arts. No. Uh, this is gonna bother you, huh? It is gonna bother me. <laughs> I have to get back on you on that okay. one. But basically, I was taking several types of art classes. Mm-hmm. I was taking like a 1920s photography class where you have to buy like these really old cameras. Then I was taking um, some, like, uh, learning how to make uh, out of foam, like, figures or sculptures or, like, things like that. That's cool. Um, I was doing a printing class. I was doing a, a learning how to draw with shapes. Yeah. Um, so it was a whole bunch of stuff. But then, like, I just didn't... I felt like I was all over the place. I mean, it didn't really wasn't what I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very, like all right like this is you're gonna be jumping from here to there here to there and then you have like your major classes which you need to pass with like, obviously like math that's so you true. know literacy and things like that and i just like wait this is like i don't i feel like i'm being pushed more away yeah i'm being confused even more yeah and then a professor has said oh oh i told him what i wanted him what i was majoring in and he was like oh fine arts that's what it was called, uh, fine arts uh-huh. yeah so that's what I was studying. Yeah. And um, so you told him what you were. He was like, "Oh, you're basically here. Like, this is not. This is nothing." He basically said, "This ain't. This ain't it. This is not where you're gonna become any of that." I'm yeah. Sorry to tell you that. Like, yeah. you need to just. You're gonna be, have to be doing some internships and places. Not get paid for it for a while. You need to be prepare yourself mentally for that. Because honestly, you getting a degree in this is not gonna put you in the field. It's not gonna put you working. Oh, you yeah. probably won't find a job. A professor and, telling you this. Yes, he's just like he broke it down to me. Like he's basically told me straight up, like this yeah. is a business. Um, you yeah. know, you're here. You're gonna get your two year if you even could finish the two years because it's gonna take you a lot longer. Yeah. If you're working. Yeah. And realistically, if you don't have, you know, if you have supportive parents, you'll be alright. But you're gonna be working for free if yeah. you wanna, if you even consider getting anywhere. Jeez. And it was just like so disencouraging. I'm like, well, so like I'm here, and this is not really gonna. Amount to anything afterwards. There yeah. is like you know colleges for people that are gonna want to pursue either nursing, like medical lawyers, field, lawyer, doctors, yeah. teaching. He's like, why don't you think about maybe becoming an art teacher or, or whatnot? Even like the people that did, um, there was like a color uh, art therapy yeah. also that co- yeah. my college did, and yeah. even that he's like, that's also like crap. Yeah, that's a bowl, a whole bowl of nothing. Yeah, he's like, you need to start doing a lot of networking now if you even if you're considering even like pursuing getting even close to that yeah so i was like wow so then and there like i was just like 
I just got so disencouraged. I got super depressed, mm-hmm. and I dropped out. I never, I never tried to go back. Mm-hmm. I focused on just working. Mm-hmm. I worked in Burger King. That was like my first job. Damn. And also that nobody ever tells you like working and then going to school or going to college. It was a complete struggle. Like yeah. I couldn't even focus yeah. on my homework. And when you start making money, it's like shoot like do i want to like continue school be broke and go to school like i'm still in high school or do i want to still have a little bit of leverage and feel like i'm a bit of an adult working and making money so i went that route and i kind of deviated from my art path and yeah a whole other series of events happened but i'm here now (laughs) i'm back where the everything went where the universe wants you to be Mm -hmm. um so tell me a little bit like the criticism that kind of comes, not necessarily with the decision you made, but also with being in the arts. Because when you're creating a product, you know, it's you just kind of freehanding what comes through to your mind. You know, you put Mm -hmm. it out for the universe to see. Like, how do you handle with, let's say, the criticism of your choice and then to top it off, you're going to get criticism from what you chose, which is the arts. Like, from what you're actually even producing. Like, how how do you deal with all of that? Like... You mean the fact that people probably feel like, oh, that's not a real job. Yeah, yeah, like career the path, like, you why made, are you doing and that? then to top it off when you're like when you were ever in it, if anyone criticized your work or if the pressure of someone even criticizing it, like, like, or did you never feel pressure when it came to your art, your work? You always felt pretty confident in your what you. Could I actually, produce. I always felt pretty confident. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I always felt like I had um, my mind. My mindset was a very advanced from let's from when I started. So the things that I would come up with or do was really impressive. The fact that I was able to do these things, like yeah. I could draw people, yeah, you know, I could just or come up with just like complete but you abstract always felt design. Like that? Or or like that that came with time. You always felt like man, I'm dope with my yeah. Art. I felt like that's, when I was in my prime, awesome. yeah, I yeah. did. And then the, when it got complicated, it was just in college when I realized, like, there's way of, like, people criticizing your art. And they would give this, give us these, like, sheets with, like, different, like, oh, does this thing has dimension? What do you think of uh, the they message? Broke it down. And it was broken down and dissected. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, this is something that could be dissected. It was cool because then it felt like, okay, I could, like, it would be more legit, more easy to explain to other people. Yeah. But then again, I was like, whoa, so then my, my art is, like... Alright, so maybe I don't have the mention in this picture. I mean, I didn't really, you know, right. or like, I don't have a focal point. Or, yeah. So then you start doubting yourself. And, um, but luckily, when I was going to school, like, whenever the class had to criticize my artwork, nobody was really rude or mean or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. it was always like, okay, you know, you could do this, that, and the third. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, so then I have, you have to try to redo it again. And it's just like, how can you redo something when you just, you did it once? Yeah. Usually your best work is your first work. Yeah. But when it comes to doing art professionally or wanting to be in like in the design industry or something of that matter, you have to rework it and work it and work it, it and do it over. And it kind of gets like... Redundant. Bland, yeah, redundant. Yeah, yeah, it's just to lose its, its... Yeah, but my family, my mom, when she realized, like, I mean, this is years and years, she saw it from, out, from when I was yeah. little. Yeah. And she saw that this was what made me happy. She was supportive, but deep down she wanted me to do something, like, with immigration. Or, like... <laughs> they, like, help our people. Some weird, like, you know, some, like, government job. Like, she, that's yeah. what she wanted, but... Damn. 
didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> didn't That's like definitely that. how I feel. I always feel like our parents always have these expectations of us. It's like we have we have like a lot of pressures from a lot of sources of expectations. I feel like society puts an expectation on us based yeah. on our age and what we're supposed to be doing. Our family puts an expectation on us based on what they think we should be doing. And then we have our own expectations on ourselves of what we think we should be doing. So it's hard to like choose one and like then deviate from another one because then you feel like that person's going to be disappointed or this person or I'm going to disappoint myself mm-hmm. and it's like it's a process where it's like you have to learn to find a way where you know your final call is what you're happy with and I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest struggle nowadays it's like when you finally make that decision I'm not going I'm not going to continue in school I'm going to pursue the arts to see what mm-hmm. I can do with that when you finally make that de- decision and you're firm about it and you're and you're this is what I'm doing you're dead set on it I feel like you start to trust yourself more a little bit because I feel like a lot of times. No, what I learned, I'm sorry to cut you yeah, off, no. but what I, what my key thing was, I felt like a failure because I wasn't mm-hmm. doing, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't pick a career path that would would lead me to become a professional or something big, you yeah. know, to make my family proud. Right. And yet again, I felt like okay, I had both, both, I've both things, good things. I have a job, I have a career, and I'm doing art at the same time. Yeah. So that's a win-win. Yeah. But honestly, I figured out that. I don't need to be working in the art field to feel like an artist. I don't need to be doing that to feel good. As long as what I'm doing, what I work, whatever... You're involved with. Whatever I'm using to make money and to live, obviously, because we need money to live. As long as that job allows me to still be creative or use some of my creativity or gives me the time for me to be able to feel like I could sit down and paint and draw and all that stuff, that's that's the key. Because if you hold yourself on like... You have to make yourself give me a minute. Yeah, the phone's ringing, yo. <laughs> Sorry about She's that. still old school, y'all. She still got a, a, a phone, phone at the crib that rings, y'all. I know all y'all only got your cell phone. She's old school. Um, but yeah, like, that's the thing with our generation. I mean, I don't want to disencourage anybody to be like, oh, you know, you should find your passion and you should try to make your job be that passion but <laughs> uh, oh goodness that's the universe on. the universe is like tell him Denise tell him tell him Denise <laughs> it's like a medical office right? <laughs> um so so yeah it doesn't you, what you work doesn't necessarily have to be your passion. I'm sorry. It mm-hmm. just doesn't work that way. That's like, that's just a, that's just something that our generation right now is being very vocal on. And I don't want to knock anybody down who does want to follow that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this world, this world revolves around money. You need to make money regardless of how. As long as you your job gives you the, the freedom to at least you can still feel like yourself or like you can be yourself, mm-hmm. then that should be something that you should feel good about yeah now if you still feel that that power of like i have this thing in me and i want to make it happen and i want to make it real and this is what i want to do go all for it but mm-hmm. a lot of us and a lot of people are feeling really depressed and really down because they feel like oh my job i work at a bank i hate it i hate it i hate it mm-hmm. and yet again they're like i don't know what my passion is what is it that i need to be doing what is yeah. it what is it what is it yeah. and then this constant thing but it's like okay your bank job it's earning you it's letting allowing you to live yeah and maybe this is not your your goal or your passion but then you start need to, you need to start 
you just need to step step back and be like, okay, what are the things that this job is allowing me to do? Mm-hmm. If it if it's paying you well enough for you to go on vacations and that's something that makes you happy, you should feel a little bit content about that and be like, okay, all right. But at the end of the day, if this is not something that you like, then start figuring out how to get to it. How to get to it and yeah. figure it out. But if you can't figure it out, that's okay. Yeah. Do what I just said. Sit back and come look look at your job and look at what it allows you to do and if it does allow you to do some of the things that you enjoy then it's not that bad exactly it's not that bad now start saving up your money and start thinking about your future and then you can have the financial freedom to you know not have to work that bank job do you think that a lot of times this um feeling that you just explained where it's like oh like i don't want it like everything seems like it's a lot worse than what it is do you feel Mm -hmm. like the social media pressure and the comparison has to do with that oh yeah because i feel like where is this coming from where it's like oh i want to be living a different life like would you know anything different if you didn't see it Mm -hmm. so social media is definitely playing a big that's a big role that's where that whole thing comes from where like you have to do what makes your passion you have to work in the the feel that you imagine that you love but it doesn't work that way all the time and it's not the end of the world yeah it's not the end of the world it's what you decide to do with that time Mm -hmm. if you don't make that time valuable and you're just clocking in clocking out and you're not doing anything with the money that you're making to eventually save up or to eventually invest it into something that you do love yeah then that's when you are like not you that's when you should feel like oh you know damn but honestly you don't have to Oh man, I want to be a singer. So I'm working here. I'm working at a company. I'm nowhere near being a singer. But yeah. hey, if your job, if you have the weekends off and you're able to do karaoke or maybe find a gig or something that where you could sing on the yeah. weekends, that should make you happy. That should be like, okay, I still get to like. So what do you think? What do you else. think? Why do you think that people feel so unhappy even though they have these options? Because well, they don't see it as an option. They see that their job is who they are, and that's there's two different things. Your job is how you make an income, and that should not affect who you are as a person. You need to divide those two things. But with social media, people look at it as like, oh, they have it all. Yeah. It's all in one for them. Yeah. And that's not how life is. Life is you have to divide yourself in many different ways. Yeah. And be married many different people in a day. Yeah. And that's okay, but as long as when you go full circle you always come back home and home is you yeah. who you are yeah you need that's the that that's the goal that's the goal yeah yeah and to get there that's it takes time but you mm-hmm. just need to be real with yourself and just let go of all that comparing yourself to other people looking at other people's lives yeah. or like you said uh thinking about the criticism that other people give you because of what you want to do or yeah. who you are or what your passions are yeah you know, so don't let your job define who you are. Oh, that was I mean. so deep, man. That yeah. should have me fucking flabbergasted. <laughs> <laughs> that was so deep, man. I'm so happy you said that. And yeah. so we're, we're talking a little bit about social media. And before we started recording, Denise mentioned to me that she has gone on a hiatus and more, not more of a hiatus, a detox on mm-hmm. social media. She has it, but she's not really actively on it. Mm-hmm. Um, her life has changed a little bit. Denise is actually um, married. She newlywed is one she year. is a newly exactly newlywed one year. Um, so she's living a different life now. Now she's married. She actually married internationally, which we're gonna get into a little bit. But um, now that she's married, her life has done you know 180. It's no longer the same. She has to definitely focus now on you know her. Her life now as, uh, you know, in a, in a married situation. Now, she's no longer just by herself. She also has her husband. Um, 
and whatever it is that they're trying to build as a unit. And when you were someone who was on social media, and Denise used to actively go out, hang out with friends, you know, let's go here, let's go there. She was always about all that. And now she has to settle down because, like she said, money is what makes the world go round. And now she is in a serious situation and they want to build something so they have to save money. So she can't move around the same way when she was mm-hmm. single now that she is married. Of course, granted, this is for anyone. Unless you, you do like to do that, you know, kudos to you. Mm-hmm. But, um... So now that you've like you've taken a little bit of detox from social media and you've realized, you know, what what have you realized by by doing that? You know, how, what what exactly is a detox that you that you've taken with social media? Well, about a year ago, this is when I was like, okay, why am I like why do I feel so like lashed onto this thing? This is like a pretend world that I'm yeah. going in and I just feel so I feel like my life is validated by it and I feel this pressure of like, oh, I haven't posted a picture in a while. I need to post something. Or just like being out somewhere and feeling like I need to post it and show Mm -hmm. it and show it to people and kind of show it off Mm -hmm. because that's what we're doing, honestly. Yeah. Um, And I just felt that pressure and I'm like, you know what? I don't need it. So... You know, my husband was still living in in the Dominican Republic. That's where he's from, and that's where I met him. Mm-hmm. And you know, every time I would go there, every two twice a year, mm-hmm. whenever I had a break from school from work, mm-hmm. um, and like I always felt like the need to post and stuff, stuff like that, which is great because I like to share like what I see. But I just realized like I don't need this, so I just constantly just stopped like posting as much, and I just had it for entertainment purposes, and obviously for our relationship because. You know, I was pursuing to bring him here. So with immigration, you need to like, you know, social media counts. So they look into that. That's so crazy that social media is not part of that process. So, (laughs) you know, it was just that. And I just started like, not, I just stopped, like, I cut off the umbilical cord with it. I mean, I still like, I know it's up with our era. So obviously I can't just completely block it out. Mm -hmm. It is entertaining. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But I no longer looked at it as like, a van- form of validation for my life and who right. I was. I will only post what I wanted to share. Yeah. And if I didn't post at all, who who gives okay. a damn? Yeah. Yeah. Who Especially gives a because the I, people that are really in my life will yeah. know what's going on with me. Exactly. Not because people that I went to high school with for like six years. Exactly. Ago, you know? And they're gonna and they're gonna have their perception on it anyway. They might yeah. you might post a positive photo mm-hmm. and they're like, look at this person thinking you know what I'm saying? You can't please everyone. Especially right. social media is like built on mm-hmm. you just wanna create this facade and hope everyone likes it and not everyone's gonna like it. Mm-hmm. Just like in the real world, not everyone's going to like you. Right. So, so I will, like, delete the app. Like, right now, I deleted the app recently okay. just for the summer. Because uh-huh. they're where, where your question comes from. Yeah. Um. So I found myself in a very bad, not bad predicament, but I found myself kind of, like, envying other people right uh-huh. now. Just because, like, I, my husband and I, we're, I'm the main breadwinner right now because he's still coming. He just got to the country three months ago. Yeah. And, you know, now he started working, so I'm happy about that. But I had to be very conscious of how I spend my money. So before, summers before, I would go out with my friends for drinks and blow $60, and it wouldn't be anything. Go Mm -hmm. out for dinner, old birthday dinner over here. You know how the summer is in New York. You just go anywhere. You just that. Well, for me, I was... was, uh, gypsy, like I will be here, there. <laughs> You'll see me in Manhattan um, tomorrow. I'll be in Rockaway Beach the next day. Yeah. So I, you know, I had a really good social life that I could say that I enjoyed. And I look yeah. back now, I'm like, okay, I had my fun. Yeah. But I was just looking at people on social media now that I'm going through this and I'm trying to reevaluate Your how I, I, yeah, my priorities yeah. and how I should spend my money. Yeah. Because 
we need to save in order to like be anything we can't just be spending see, spending spending yeah um it's great to spend but honestly when you go to bed and the next day you're like oh shoot what did i really spend my money on was yes. it important was it helpful yeah is it getting me anywhere yeah no unfortunately buying clothes going out for drinks is great in the moment and i'm not disencouraging anybody to do that yeah but also it's not it's things that go quickly it's mm-hmm. just it's literally in the moment yeah and, and, and then you're like think about in your future and you don't have a retirement plan you don't have nothing yeah. and that's something that a reality that i'm facing that i'm thinking about now because now i want to start a family soon and yeah i don't want i want to have i want my kids to be a little bit better off than i when i was not yeah. that i didn't have a lot my parents were very fortunate and they gave me everything they could mm-hmm. but they i don't have no i had no trust fund yeah. i had no idea of how to manage or navigate school like everything yeah. i figured out on my own yeah and i mean my kids will have an advantage being that i will i'm i'm american and dominican exactly and, you know i do have that knowledge and i work in the school system so yeah. they'll have the upper hand when it comes to school but then financially would they exactly will i be still living in a small apartment or maybe in a bedroom like yeah. most people do yeah um, I, I see much more for my family in the future. So that's what I'm trying to work on now because you can't try to do it then and there. You have to start working yes. for it. And that's what I'm saying a lot. We live also in a time where everyone wants to skip to Z without going through right, A, B, exactly. C. Right, exactly. There's a process. It's a process. It's, these people on social media are selling this dream. And mm-hmm. for some of them, it's true. They made a video and that instantly made them super famous. And you're like... But sure, that like, also comes with repercussions too. Right. Like people think you like, have to stay relevant. This, you'll stay relevant. Yeah. Old time road is already. F- I forgot mm-hmm. about this dude already. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a moment thing. The stay you know? relevant part, or else that's it. You're back to square, square one. one. And it's like people will treat you like you never existed. But yeah, I was just feeling very envious over the people that I was seeing. I have mm-hmm. people traveling, and I'm a big traveler. I love to travel. Yeah. And I, or like just going out and just just doing the summer, like how I used to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like shoot like i had nights where i cried and i was like yeah. my life like oh my god it yeah. used to be so lit like and then you go on say? instagram and it confirms everything like and oh, then having a good time. you know and then my husband was like it's okay that's just for right now we'll get yeah. to do these things yeah. and and he'll feel bad because he's like oh it's because of me because i'm here and yeah. i was like no it's just like it's hard for me to like reprogram myself and understand that those those are good moments but those also are going to take away from me getting becoming financially stable exactly and i want to i have this dream i want to own a house eventually and i know i can do it by doing spending my money on stuff like that and he's just like and then we're just we just came into the agreement where like you know we're gonna work and we're going to save and Mm -hmm. when we're gonna put money aside for things that we want to like for pleasures yeah so we're we have a savings for like just our our bills and one for like our actual savings that we don't touch yeah eventually to buy a home and then for traveling or for like that's things. so there's three so we divide our money that way that's so perfect so that's been actually very that feels a lot better because i'm like okay i have this like structure i have this little thing for like my pleasure so eventually i could plan a trip one day once we reach our goal yeah but it was just hard i just felt like wow like I'm still young. I'm 26. I don't know what yeah. this summer sucks. And, yeah. But now I deleted social media and I just just focus on my everyday life and like and it's be- it just feels better. I think I think it definitely it takes away from yeah. the criticism and the self talk, right. the negative self talk. Exactly. It's already hard enough. You are you're aware that it, there's a difference here in your mm-hmm. life. But then when you have like the reassurance and the confirmation online, it just makes it it makes it harder on us. Mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, just to kind of merge into that now, like, Denise is essentially living, like, the 90-day fiancé, but in reality, Mm -hmm. you know, she met her husband in the Dominican Republic. You know, how long ago was that when you guys met? It was three years ago, in 2016. You guys met, and then you guys dated for how long? Well, this is how it happened. Uh Um, I went down there. I hadn't gone to DR for, like, five years. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, unfortunately, around that same time, my grandmother passed away. Mm-hmm. So I already had my my trip planned to go there during the summer. All the family did. It was mm-hmm. like a summer that the whole family was going to go. Yeah. And my grandmother passed away during that time. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother, for me, I, I adored her. She was everything. She really loved me, too, because I always mm-hmm. used to make... I always used to compliment her, and that's something that she never really got, like, from her other grandkids. Um, Like, I always say thank you when she used to cook, and, like, I always used to ask her how her day is going. I used to ask her how was her, how did she grow up, how was her life growing up. So, just little things like that. Old people like that kind of stuff. They love it. You're giving me life, honey. (laughs) She appreciated it. And I'll bring her gifts. Like, she always likes lotions from Bath and Body Works and all that kind of stuff. So, I used to always do that. So, she always loved me. And when she passed, like, it, it was the first death that actually, like, struck me. Mm-hmm. And then I just realized, like, what am I doing with my life? Am I am I going to look back and feel proud of who I am? And during that mm-hmm. time, I was working at a dealership. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the dealership life was very, very dark. It was, you know, there's a lot of, you know, drinking. Mm-hmm. And there's people that do drugs. And mm-hmm. it's just a very fast pace. And it's all about money and greed and vanity and, and, vanity. and vanity and vanity who had the best bag buying a Louis bags buying this and that and I kind of got cut up in that yeah. but I was miserable I was going home and I felt terrible because I wasn't be- using my creativity in that job yeah. I wasn't my creativity wasn't even appreciated yeah. I, all, I, all I had to do was make money for the company and mm-hmm. if I didn't make money for the company I was nothing wow. I was close to garbage so that constant like feeling like that and when she passed I went over there and I was like okay I ended a relationship that I was in with a dude here, uh-huh. and um, I was like, okay, that's it. And I, when I was in the airplane, I, I just felt this presence, and I told my grandmother, I'm like, I was like, mama, uh-huh. please, you know, find, help me find my path, and help me find the man that will truly make me happy, so I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being with these guys that... Yeah are just are temporary they don't want to add anything onto my life they just want to be with me for the moment and then Mm -hmm. they're okay with walking away yeah and i just felt like that and i just felt really low and then you know i just felt her and little do i know i met him yeah and i mean in my mind i was like oh okay he has a nice body he looks hot whatever (laughs) i'm probably just gonna you know when i stand yeah when i stand and that's it yeah. you know i'm not trying to get involved with nobody out here yeah so i thought that and i just we were inseparable like once we started hanging out we were inseparable yeah. and i just felt myself wanting waking up and wanting to be with him the mm-hmm. same with him and he would just do things that were just like unexplainable like i was like wow how could i've never had anybody do something like that like yeah. he'll just show up randomly he was like oh let's go for a ride and he'll take me to these beautiful like places hidden in our towns Uh, like where there'll be like a mountain you could see all the mountains you could see everything or he'll take me to some place where there's like a cool flower because i love plants so he would just do these little things and like 
I was like, wow, like how, and it was so small, and it was yeah. just like, I never had anybody care to show those little details and things that I liked. Exactly. The way that he was doing it. So, yeah. we were inseparable. I was literally, we met literally, we stayed together for a week, and then I, that's it, I had to come back to my yeah. reality over here. Right. And I was crying. We were crying, crying, crying. I couldn't stop crying. So, when y'all met, and like, y'all spent a week together, yeah. and y'all pretty much were like, yeah. you're the one, I love you. Well, <laughs> I was still like, hesitant. Like, uh-huh. I was still like, okay, like, you to live here it's not practical yeah i work at the job that i was working at and yeah. i don't have time to be coming here they only give me one week yeah. a, a year yeah. so it wasn't practical and also i was scared i was like okay i'm not gonna do this again where i just completely go crazy over a dude and we're yes. just like whatever yes. and then it just doesn't work out so uh-huh. i kind of put him through a test and he was he was willing to just give me his heart right away like he didn't yeah. care he was just willing to risk it all yeah. just to be with me and yeah. i was still like no 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 like we have to think things through let's see how things go yeah if we can make it for christmas then i'll be your girlfriend so <laughs> august till december uh-huh. that's when we were still together we were still strong yeah. it was working out i was able to leave that job and now I'm in my, where my current job is working with yo your grandma pulled up your yeah, grandma pulled did. up strong she did and Ooh. it's crazy and then how I got the job was a whole another story another blessing in this but so I went during Christmas and that was the best time I've ever like the best Christmas I've ever had yeah and from there that's it we just decided to be together and have this long distance relationship yeah and it was hard it was a lot of times where I felt alone or I just felt like I couldn't do it yeah um He's very emotional, so he always needed the constant, like, reassurance. reassurance. Yeah. And I'm kind of somebody who I feel like I, I I could be a little bit cold. It's just a Capricorn thing. Like, yeah. we kind of, like, we don't, we show our feelings when it really counts. So yeah. When it really needs We show up. We're not somebody <laughs> who just say, I love you every single day. Love you, love you, love you, love you, yeah. and all this stuff. We like to save things for, like, when it really counts. And we mm. like to say it so that it means something when yeah. we say it. So I, I had that mentality. But he's the kind of person that needs, I love you and this thing and then that. Like, baby issue. That was something that we always went back and forth for. Yeah. But now it's it's great. And it just, everything since he has came from the process. Yeah. Of him getting his visa and everything like that. It's always, it just has felt like the right step. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's just things just fall into places so perfectly and sometimes yeah. I'm like wow like I can't believe how how things how the universe like works works yeah, yeah. and my grandma too I know yeah see she out. definitely put she put her little yeah. her little magic in there that's so beautiful like that you know cause it's like the 90 day fiance stories mm-hmm. are really dressed up like a nightmare mm-hmm. like they they always they make it seem like it's positive in the very right. beginning, but it's also like as you're watching as a viewer, you're like, how can you not tell that this mm-hmm. person is clearly using you? Because it's always like two people that look completely polar opposites. Right. It'll be an overweight, obese American with a, a, a skinny ass woman from Russia. Like mm-hmm. clearly, this is a scene. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. a lot of times, it's dressed up, and I think that show definitely um, has yet to show a successful relationship mm-hmm. on there. So like when you have a, a TV show, a big TV show that's representing your process and what you're dealing. Mm-hmm with in such a negative way you know how does that how, does that ever affect you or make you think twice about your situation well no it just showed it just makes me feel like okay i'm not the only crazy person who did it yeah i mean i had people in my family who had done it so i had like you know some background knowledge on it but there's mm-hmm. two options there's the option of doing the 90 day fiance thing which is like you position for your partner as a fiance but then when you come here, you have to get married within 90 days mm-hmm. or else their visa or their green card will be revoked and, you know, they can't stay in the country. Yeah. But with that process, 
I walk, you can bring your partner here a lot sooner. So yeah. that's why they do it because typically they meet them on vacation yeah. and then they are, you know, nonstop wanting to be with them so yeah. badly. Yeah. So the 90 day fiance option is a lot sooner. You get to bring them here within six months yeah. of you petitioning for them. Yeah. But the bad part of it is obviously getting married 90 days, getting married here, you have to pay for the marriage license and all that other stuff. So that's more money there. Uh-huh. And then. They get the two-year uh, green uh, residency, uh-huh. and they have to co- go back yeah. and sh- repetition for them yeah. with a marriage petitioning, oh. which is what I did. Uh-huh. So I saved myself. I it took more time. It took a year. Yeah. But I saved myself the double uh, fees. The double fees. Uh-huh. The fees for bringing them. Yeah. Getting married here, yeah. and then petitioning them as if you're petitioning them for. For marriage yeah so it's two different paperwork that you have wow. to do and that's a lot more expensive and it's a lot more risky because yeah. most of these people they rush into bringing them here and then they realize this is not, not the, person the person who i want yeah to be yeah, yeah yeah right yeah. versus with me and my husband i see it's not necessarily we, the same even yeah we yeah. stayed a year together without getting married our second year that's when i decided to pursue getting married yeah. so that we can build something and then yeah. bring him here yeah so i had a year of knowing him completely mm-hmm. and a year and some change because we got married in february yeah. of 20 um of 2018 so it was like two years mm-hmm. and that's how yeah things so, went from there yeah well, things went from there wow. so it took a year it took a lot longer it was harder but i paid for we paid for the the uh, K1, I think. I don't know the, the yeah. coding. I can't remember. <laughs> so but, uh, much things that you had to fill out. And yeah. talk to me a little bit now of being like a newlywed. Like, you know, scratch out that he is, you know, international, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you are, you know, newlywed. You mm-hmm. are now married. You're no longer single. Like, if you ever wanted to be single, it would have to be a divorce. Like, it's not like right. you just walk away from this person. This is, mm-hmm. a, you know, this is legit. Like, how is it now as a as a newlywed? Like, how do you how do you feel? And you're so Look, young, this too. This is what you're I 26. tell people. People always ask me, how do you know he was the one, or how do you know he's the one? Yes, come you on. You know when somebody's the one when they feel like home. Woo! If that person feels like home, yeah. like, if you are at work, and the thought of being with your spouse, you had a tough day at work, right? And the thought of being with your husband at home brings you a bit of relief or, like, joy, that's the person for you. Mm. Also, like, no, the mistakes that they do or things that they do... It will bother you and aggravate you, but if it, if you don't, if, if it doesn't, like, not turn you off, I don't know what the word is, but brings, like, takes away some of that love or, like, yeah. you see them differently, then that person's not for you. But if you accept them for their mistakes, like, literally, and they accept yeah. you for it, and their mistakes, you see them as something that you can work with or, like, you give them advice about instead of, like, feeling like, oh no, that's it. You're yeah, you're a off. failure. Like, yeah, you're yeah, not, yeah, You're not for me. Yeah. Then that's when you know that's the person you want Yeah, because that's... With. I think people have this misconception that someone just comes in a perfect box. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's oh, progress. You have to work... This is a whole new person who's deciding to spend mm-hmm. their life with you, and they have a whole life that they spent without you. Mm-hmm. Learning different ways to be, you know, as, and function as a, as a person. Yeah. And then you have your own way Wave. of living, and you guys come together and have to find a middle ground. Mm-hmm. And then men naturally have an ego, so it's like you when you play with things well, it's harder for, for them. For sure, men they do develop a lot slower than we. Do. <laughs> yeah, they do. It does. They say, if it's known they, say they go to Jupiter to get stupider. Yeah. Like yeah, I ask him sometimes, like when he came here, I'm like, how do you feel? Like how do you look? At everything? How do you think New York is? Yeah. He couldn't. He's like, okay, it just feels like a place. Like I feel. He was acting so normal. 
normal about it. But yet again, me being a female, I'm like breaking it down. I'm like, don't you see the buildings, how the structures <laughs> are? Like, don't you notice? He's like, yeah, they're a little different. But he was completely not like, you know, breaking things apart like how we do. Yeah. And that's something that is an advantage. But what we fail as women, and I'm still working on that, is that we really like kind of like knock them down for it like if yeah. they're not doing things the right way we kind of just like you have to do it like this how can you be so dumb because yeah. like you know we want the best for our spouse we want to build our husbands up we want to build our boyfriends up we want to bring them to their full potential because it's one thing that we do as women is yeah, we see the potential of our men yeah and it's crazy we always do this i don't know of any girl who doesn't be like she's just with a dude and like oh now nah, he's cool yeah now we know if they're not working the best job, but for some reason we see that they're able to be something. Like, yeah. if he just puts his, like, intellectuality and his strengths and everything, I know he could be something. I'm going to push him to yeah, be that. Yeah, So it's something that we just do naturally as mm-hmm. women, but it also could be very detrimental to your relationship because then you start feeling like you're their, their mom. Yes. And that's something that I've worked on because at first I used to be very like, no, you have to do this. How can you not do that? Yeah. No, 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 no. This is how it is. And he's be like, yo, like... Stop! Like you making me feel like I can't like do anything wrong. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. You have to chill. You can't yeah. talk to me like that. Yeah. Like when I make a mistake, just like tell me calmly or tell me how to do it. Don't yeah. just go down on me. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, you're right. You're right. Because yeah. I used to just be like, oh no, that's not how you do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not fair because we have both different ways of doing stuff. Exactly. So it just takes a lot of patience, and you just need to. At the end of the day, like I said, if if when you if going to sleep with that person and having that person next to you in bed makes you feel safe, no matter if you're in a box, yeah. that's the person for you. If you don't feel that way about your partner, then that's not who you should be with. with yeah. Your partner should feel like home no matter what. what. That's so deep because I definitely that resonated with me because it's kind of like we we can convince ourselves that something is wrong just mm-hmm. because of all those little things that you said like oh like he doesn't do this right or why does he not process things how i process them yeah but it's like but at the end of the day it's like this person makes you feel so at home and so mm-hmm. safe with them and feel like they love you so unconditionally for everything that you are because we have a lot of things that we have to deal with mm-hmm. so it's like we can get so carried we can literally self-talk ourselves out of a relationship and find so many things Mm -hmm. wrong with the person because they don't match our expectations of Mm -hmm. what we think is right and that resonated because i feel like millennials now we're having a we're having a hard time meeting people because we're not willing to deal with well there's a whole bunch of categories now you can find anything you want in any shape you want in any color you want (laughs) (laughs) tinder's being broke down into that yeah so now you're like being told, oh, you need to have deal breakers, and you need to have this and that, yeah. but that's not how love works. Mm. I mean, for me, like, you, your deal breaker should be morals. If you guys don't have the same morals, mm. or at least the same kind of goals at, at the end, like, mm. then no, you shouldn't be together. Right. Even if this person feels like home, even if this person, that's different. But now, when it comes to a feeling and knowing who is the one, mm-hmm. that's the, what, the feeling that I'm talking I about. I feel that, I feel that. But obviously, like, if this person is... You know, Belize. somebody who cheats and yeah, somebody who thinks that beating, lot. yeah, beating women is you know something you have mm-hmm. to do, yeah, completely. Or somebody that. who's just rude to others, who doesn't care, who's yeah. very self-absorbed, like mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. 
you should see that as like okay nah, you obviously you were great together but the way you treat other people the way mm-hmm. you handle certain situations your morals are all screwed up i shouldn't yeah, be with you absolutely. but other than that i mean you shouldn't the things like oh he doesn't have the kind of hair that i'm looking for a guy with dreadlocks like <laughs> or oh he's short or yeah. he's not whatever or he doesn't have this job he works there yeah all those things are very superficial and you're never gonna find love that way that's exactly that's exactly what i was trying to get at too where it's like you know then it, we want a guy who can who has the best job mm-hmm. who looks the best he has to be at least six foot mm-hmm. he has to have he has to provide great sex mm-hmm. he has to just be all these things that we want and it's like this person does not exist because if you sit around and you turn around and you put it back on you you have to have a big butt you have to have a small waist you have mm-hmm. to have big titties long ass hair to your to your back like you don't have all these things either mm-hmm. so what makes you think you can request this of someone else right like you literally have to break down the type of man that you want qualities wise and then the type of woman you want to be for this man mm-hmm. and then work on those things you know because at the end of the day I think the biggest thing is like if you really want to meet someone it all starts with self work mm-hmm. if you work on yourself you focus on yourself you make yourself you know a priority in the things that you want I think naturally and you actually just sit down and meet people yeah and like, like and be open open minded like that dude that maybe has the crooked teeth at the bar you know <laughs> <laughs> listen listen <laughs> Maybe, I mean, maybe you could spark great conversation and, and put them onto a visit line. Yeah. yeah, but that's what people <laughs> don't. People don't see that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. People don't want to take a chance on someone. People don't want to take chances mm-hmm. on people nowadays. My husband was nowhere near any of like the things that I had on my list for a guy. Like he had no job, he had no type of income. Mm-hmm. He came from a broken family, and he beat all the odds. Like he. Yeah practically raised himself and he stayed out of drugs never stole in his life mm-hmm. never lied mm-hmm. everybody around him loved him and mm-hmm. that was just like well this is a great person like yeah. i need somebody like that in my life that yeah. is not about because listen i came from a place where what well, the job that i was working at came they everybody had money yeah. but yet again everybody had crazy lives and they were just their morals were all screwed up and like, that's why you couldn't align with the job no right mm-hmm. and it was just like okay like these dudes have the money they could take me out to either because they yeah they're financially stable but yet again they want to stay at home they want to stay out late till three o'clock in the morning yeah. going to strip clubs yeah. or going to like, these nice fancy uh t- rooftop uh restaurants right, in yeah. the city and stuff like that or having nice shoes and yeah. you know dudes where like a, they would never like dare to step out the house without like you know, no substance, no right? Substance. So I was just like, okay, that's not the key then. Yeah, a dude with money is not gonna make for you specifically for because me, there's some women that that's their love language, right? They and love for that. For me, it wasn't, and then yeah. I met him with met this guy with absolutely nothing to his name. Yeah, you know, you got the complete opposite of what you right. had. Yeah. It, all he had was his heart to give yeah. and that's actually what he told me all I have is my heart to give oh. like you have everything I'm sorry that I, I may not you know have what you're accustomed to but this is what I have that's so sweet and that for me was like wow like you know yeah. all of the other stuff this things that I, we could build together and exactly. it's, it's it's happening and I'm glad that it's happening I'm and so then he's like getting adjusted here and you know things are moving but positive but it's still a long way to go and yeah. we just hope to stay strong I love it yeah Denise, it's been a pleasure. Before I let you go, mm-hmm. you are such an awesome guest. I have my three question, my one question for you that has you know three answers. Like I mm-hmm. like to ask people at the end to cap out. So we discussed a little bit of the arts. We discussed a little bit of the pressures. We discussed like the depression that could come with all mm-hmm. of that. What would be three suggestions that you can give to the audience and to the listeners on things to do creatively to help them kind of deal with the everyday chaos of life 
for the depression and the storms that come in and the currents that they have to swim against? Like, mm-hmm. what would be something that you would suggest artistically that someone can possibly do? Well, um, since she is, you know, an, <laughs> an art director and does help children, you know. Okay. So what I would suggest is to first sit down quietly somewhere in your room, even before going to bed, and really, like, dig into, like, what is that little knot that you feel? Because everybody feels a knot. There's a, something in you that just is inside of you. You just can't explain it. It, it, could, be, it, could, be, it could be the thing that's causing you to feel depressed, mm-hmm. causing you anxiety. Reach into that and lay in your bed and just say it out loud. What are these things that are making you feel this way? Mm-hmm. After you have done that, you've given yourself the freedom to now allow creativity or allow positivity to come into your life because one of the things that we do is that we just hide things in and just kind of keep it tucked in back of our heads because we just don't want to face it we feel like if we open it up it's going to explode and that's it it's going to destroy us it won't you have to really face these things and really be honest with yourself no i'm not happy with where i work no i I don't feel like I'm a good friend to others or I don't feel like my friends are supportive or whatever, whatever those things are or I don't feel like I'm honest with my family or I could be myself or I don't know what I want to do with my life. Admitting those things to yourself and saying them out loud Mm -hmm. is the best way to open up your mind for creativity because now you are taking away that thing that's causing you to that's causing the blockage that's causing you to get to not feel inspired yeah then the next step i will step is connect with nature mm-hmm. go back to square one mm-hmm. go to park by yourself yeah. you have to learn how to do things on your own mm-hmm. being by yourself you're your own best therapist you're your own best doctor you need to go somewhere so park somewhere get a blanket and just sit there and lay down if you want take a pen and paper take something take color pencils with you Mm -hmm. and then you just start sketching as you once you start feeling calm you start sketching whatever you see or whatever's in your mind it can't just be what you see in the park it could just be whatever's on your mind scribbling making zigzags i don't know whatever comes to your mind and just do that and from there you'll start feeling a sense of getting like ideas and you start thinking about things that perhaps you can even do to your room or whatever the case is you just your mind starts going and you even writing maybe if that's something that works better for you because some people get anxiety with thinking about drawing because perhaps they don't feel like they're that great good yeah so even writing so just doing that helps a lot Uh and then afterwards is all about all about just trying to incorporate giving yourself that time at the end of the day mm-hmm. for you yeah. is very big whether it's lighting up a candle for me smoking my little joint there, <laughs> um, that helps me a lot mm-hmm. but always remember it home is you yeah. and going back to you and figuring out that whatever is going on outside during your day everything that you went through during the day is not who you are yeah. you are a, a soul you are a being and that's who is most important. That's something that's always going to be with you. The that. job that you have 10 years ago, you're probably not going to be there. The friends that you had, most of them are probably not going to be there. Who, who's going to be there at the end of the day? Yeah. You with your soul and your thoughts and who you are. So you have to make those things right and untangle all of that to in order to find yourself feeling like you're living the life that you want. Wow. And I'm still working on it. And it's, every, it's an everyday thing. Yeah. 
Wow, yeah. guys! I hope you enjoy this podcast. I'm so in awe. This, uh, so I love, I love this podcast. I literally get a therapy session. I feel like everyone this is awesome. Like, I was really yeah. nervous. <laughs> I was like, what? what I am felt I a little bit in the beginning, but then it's just like it, it just skyrocketed after mm-hmm. that. Like, like honestly, this was amazing. Thank you so much. I hope you guys got your daily dose of vitamins. Again, this is Denise. Um, she's an Bye, amazing guys. artist, and thank you guys for tuning in. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you walked away from this podcast feeling more enlightened, more connected, and just more empowered. It is my mission to create a platform where people can create connection through conversation. I thank you so much for taking time to listen to today's podcast. And I do ask you to share it with anyone that you feel can benefit from a little vitamins for breakfast. Thank you.